Greetings once again, my friends, and welcome back to Why We Geek, the podcast where we take a specific piece of geek culture and we just dissect it, we analyze it, we show why we love it, in some cases, why we want to fix it. That has happened in the past. And today is actually kind of a special treat because, first of all, happy 2018, everybody. We're literally recording this on New Year's Day, and we're all probably horribly hungover uh, from caffeine or whatnot, uh, trying to stay up because, well, I'm a horrible parent and all that fun stuff. But we're kicking off this year the right way with a returning guest. So let me go ahead and introduce my panel of fellow geeks and not fellow YouTubers, but the first voice that you're going to hear is fairly f uh, familiar. She's been doing a lot of Let's Plays on the channel or on my YouTube channel. That would be my wife, Andrea. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Why We Geek. It's been a while. A lot of people thought you were going to be a steady panelist on there because we had uh, what did we have? We had Disney first. We had Harry Potter. We followed right into Power Rangers and you had to go into that. Um, I'm trying to think. Were, were there any other ones that you got into? I don't know. I don't think since Power Rangers. Oh, uh, Geeky Couples. That's Cause right. Because we, we did that in, me, in May. So there's lots there. And then also our third panelist, a returning favorite. I didn't realize how much of a big uh, reception she'd actually have. But ever since the first two episodes, it's like, when is she coming back? When is she coming back? Why can I not be involved with her being coming back? And this is... Uh, a very dear friend of the podcast and basically my walking Disney resource. Like if I don't know anything about Disney, she's the first person I call just, just to make sure that I'm not, you know, speaking out of my butt. And uh, that would be my cousin, Lizzie Mickelson. Welcome back. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yes. We're going to have some fun today because well, we're delving back into familiar territory and I just felt it was only appropriate that with, with the first Disney episode that we did, we weren't able to go into as much detail as we were with Harry Potter. Yeah. The main reason being is like we went into a ton of detail with Harry Potter. But when you compare Disney and Harry Potter together, there's just there's too much depth to Disney. So that's one of the things I love about the Why We Geek podcast is that we can go into detail in various ways. So like a, a couple of episodes that we've done is we did horror in general, but that allows for us to be able to go and do a Dracula episode, a slasher episode kind of thing. And now today is no is no different because we're going to go into Disney animation. <laughs> um, and there's there's lots of ground to cover. And that's the cool part about why we geek is that we don't actually have to hit everything on the head. We can come back and say, oh, well, this was movie animation. We'll do TV animation later on kind of thing. And we can also open this up to other geeks. I mean, we love Lizzie and all, but Lizzie's also very busy. So at that point, Maybe we'll bring somebody else in for Disney TV because they're they're huge fans of the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh kind of thing. I'm, I'm sure Lizzie won't mind on that, right? No, no, no. I'll listen to make sure they're getting it right, though. OK, all right. You'll, you'll be our fact checker. That's that's definitely Ye something we need. Yes, sir. <laughs> but let's go ahead and go into. So obviously we did a Disney episode before. We had a lot of ground to cover. And if you guys want to hear a lot of those questions, because we're not asking them again. Um, you guys can check out the very first episode of Why We Geek, which is available both on Podomatic as well as YouTube. That's the coolest part about this whole thing is I think when we started this up, it was just going to be YouTube only. And then my RSS got approved. And so now it's like an official RSS feed, an official podcast on iTunes, on Google Play. That's wow. amazing. You're, you're being heard by so many people. Now. Hello. <laughs> Are we Tim Currying? Oh, this? no. <laughs> Oh, Tim Curry. 
you do that voodoo you do <laughs> so well uh, i love tim curry but let's go ahead and start up with the first question that we have which is not usual of the podcast what is your all-time favorite disney animated movie like we, we had a couple of favorites okay. of, of what got us started and what we love but now let's actually answer the question because people did want to know this like what is your all-time favorite you must Ugh. pick this up like yearly uh if you're gonna pick up a disney movie you must pick this one up kind of thing. um so for me because i usually kick this stuff off and then then we'll start switching things up uh, this was actually a really difficult question to answer because a lot of good there's a lot of good Disney movies. I could technically go into something a little bit more recent, but I felt like because I'm an old fart, um, I should probably go into like an all time. I can always pick this up. And that would probably be the Lion King for me to this day. I can still pick that up and be OK. It's genuine Disney goodness for me. I will also say this, though, in light of stuff we'll be talking about in a later podcast where I usually had problems with the original Beauty and the Beast, it brings back a lot of bad memories for me. I actually have watched it a little bit this year and I've been okay with it. Um, and it's it's simply because I have a daughter now and I want to be able to show her Disney animated features and Beauty and the Beast seemed kind of the easiest way to go, especially with the live action one. So I would actually say it's, it's kind of a tie between Beauty and the Beast and Lion King for me right now. Lizzie, what is your favorite all-time Disney animated movie? Well, all-time favorite. I mean, I feel like there's so many different ways I could go, but the yes. one that I reach for, if I'm having a bad day, if I'm having a good day, if I want to have like that classic Disney experience, I do pull Beauty and the Beast out. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the animation itself from the cells, I think is very interesting. I mean, is it inconsistent? Yes, but is it still beautiful? Absolutely. And then plus you see the first time um, really experimenting with how far can we push it as far as computer goes? How do we yeah. mesh the two together with the classic, you know, you have the scene between Belle and the Beast as they're waltzing. Not only do you have the computer, not only do you have the cells, but the camera's completely swooshing and switching angles the entire time, and that completely changes the dimensions and the angles of everything that is in that shot. Yeah. And watching that shot alone, and then also switching to the Beast transformation, that is still and will forever be one of the best animation sequences. Well, and some of the some of the castles also. Oh, game, absolutely. Right? Yeah. See, this is the, the cool part about a lot of the, the CG in that film. Like, I mean, I, I love Aladdin CG as mm -hmm. well as uh, Lion King's. But the reason to me that the Beauty and the Beast needs to be singled out is because remember, like back when that came out, it was like early 90s, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. Um, that was when CG became part of the medium like people like steven spielberg were trying to figure it out with jurassic park we had other films um from prominent directors who were trying to figure out like how can we make this work and still make it believable animation didn't have that limitation it's all believable because it's all within the cartoon and so at that point i actually think a better question has to be asked in that concept is like how grandiose can you get while still maintaining um, mm -hmm. some semblance of of humility like film humility yeah. kind of thing and beauty and the beast is actually one of those few times where it's strongly adhered to and i like the fact that a majority of it is still 
uh, cell animation kind of yeah. thing. It's, it's still Disney sticking to the roots. They're just acknowledging that this is um, this is something that, that they're going to want to go into later. And I think they even brought in like the earliest portions of Pixar to, to do some of that stuff. I'm not sure on that. Andrea, your favorite all time Disney animated movie. Well, I'm pretty sure people would know this one probably from the last one. You know, the last um, podcast episode we did yeah. is my all-time favorite would be the lion king yes because i just loved watching it as a kid growing up and mm -hmm. after you know at a point in time before our first daughter was born i was watching a lot of different animated movies just kind of going back for the nostalgic and lion king was just always going to be my very favorite top which is funny because I think you're going to be doing that again very soon. Oh, yeah, we, I'm pretty we've sure. We've already announced on the channel that, that you, you are expecting again. So we, you, I have a feeling the Disney library is going to get brought out again. Probably even expanded because we don't have everything. I can help with that. <laughs> I'm sure you can. <laughs> um, we might. We might rely on you a little bit. And I would just say just because this one had a very, you know, it had a, um, a great sequel to it and it had some spinoffs. Um, just depending if I'm in the mood for the spinoffs, but you know, they actually were f fine. You know, I really, I, I will actually admit that lion guard spinoff was, was pretty good. I mean, there were some really good episodes from the lion guard. Yeah. Yeah. It, Not it, all of them, but there were some really good ones that, you know, I just like, oh, it just takes me back to my childhood. All it's over one again. of those things where we, we brought it up last time too, but like Disney animated sequels, like straight to DVD sequels are hit and miss at most. Mm -hmm. But I think there's at least some level of agreement that that Simba's pride is considered to be one of the better ones. I agree. Um, it just it just depends on your interpretation. I mean, I've met people who love uh, nothing but the Lilo and Stitch sequels. Uh, think that thinking they did the best that they possibly could. Uh, I have a friend who's like, they never did better than Return of Jafar, uh, which I would actually say I, I like 40 Thieves a lot better just because of Robin Williams' return. And who, who can lose with John Rhys-Davies? Mm -hmm. who, who can really lose? How can you lose with John Rhys-Davies, everyone? He is just amazing when he walks into a, a character. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I'm, I'm digressing because I could totally do that this entire show. Um, <laughs> the next question that we want to get into is we're we're gonna we're gonna go in a little a uh, little bit more detail. What is your favorite Disney animated hero kind of thing? <laughs> now, last time we answered like who is our favorite princess kind of thing because we brought up the Disney princess lineup, but we didn't show a lot of of highlight for uh, the leading men of these shows. And and here's the thing, like as much as sometimes they're usually like your default Prince Charming kind of character, there actually are ones that have some depth to them. Uh, so actually, let's go with you first, Lizzie. So what, who's your favorite Disney hero? Ooh. I am going to say. Because here's here's my thing. I always root for kind of like an underdog mm -hmm. or someone who doesn't seem necessarily like a hero, but you see them almost turn into that hero. Yes. So I'm going to go with Flynn Rider because at first. Uh, Tangled. Right? Yes, okay. Tangled. So at first he's like the opposite of a hero. He's a thief. He's a, you know, scumbag running around with these two brutes and nobody likes him and nobody yeah. like. You know, he's exactly the antithesis of a hero. He's your he's your stereotypical D and D thief. Is yeah, what he is. He really is. But then, as you progress through the film, you see him almost like have these moments 
of heroism and then he goes oh wait just kidding no like i'm that's not who i am i'm yeah. this rough and tough uh you know he almost like tries to fight it oh dude i just had like this revelation in my head it's like he's carrie elwes from Princess Bride. <laughs> That's who he is. I love it. Oh, now, now I'm picturing Flynn Rider rolling down the hill going, as, as you wish. wish. <laughs> no, but like he does, he has those moments where it's just like, you know, where you can see him fighting. Like, do I want to be this bad guy or do I want to be this hero? Yeah. You know, and by the end of the movie, you know, he turns into this hero who, you know, sacrifices himself and what he wanted most at the beginning for what he realizes he wants now. You yeah. know, he's like, I'm going to die, but I'm going to make sure that you're free even if I go out and I have to leave you here. And so he cuts Rapunzel's hair and everyone cries. And but... You know, so I, w- I would say Flynn Rider for me. Yeah. Um, I, and, and just to kind of clarify really quick, like, I'm not saying there's anything bad with the Prince Charmings because eventually they did have personality put to them. Yeah. Um, but we're also talking an era where they couldn't be anything more than that because the main focus of Cinderella is Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Um, the main focus of Sleeping Beauty is Aurora. Although I will say that the, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but the prince actually is kind of a... a prince Philip. Prince Philip actually has a little bit more development. than I was talking about that with my friend the other day. He's like, I like Prince Philip. He actually has a spine and he doesn't marry the girl right away and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what brought this upon? Like, what? How did this even happen? But he's like, I don't know. Don't worry about it. Like, well, okay. it's almost like that animated movie had a had a perfect hero and a perfect villain that didn't need to be changed. Disney <laughs> and I'll never drop this. <laughs> a you you put Angelina Jolie in that role, and B you you made it a sympathetic villain. I was like, sometimes bad is just bad. Uh, anyway, so Andrea, your favorite Disney hero of all time. So, so we have Flynn Rider so far. Uh, where, where are you standing? Oh, um, I would just say Prince Philip was a pretty good um, character, just because you know I've seen compared to some of the other princes and like some of the other ones, it just seems like he's, you know, I don't know. He just seems like he's a. I was actually gonna say I think I think Philip's one of the few Don Bluth characters that can actually have Disney credit to them. Somebody was actually just bringing up to me, like, if you took Prince Philip and Dirk the Daring from Dragon Dragon Quest, or not Dragon Quest, uh, Dragon's Lair, and you looked at them and it was like, Dirk is just Prince Philip with better animation. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> it's Don Bluth. Just, um, I don't know, just basically, he just seems like the type of prince that, you know, um, I, I guess eventually... the additional question that I need to ask here is, like, it, since... I am talking to two ladies here. Um, are, is your pick the one that you would want to actually sweep you off your feet, so to speak? I would just think Flynn is, Flynn's hard because he That's... is that stereotypical thief. I don't know. I think I'd go for a different Disney Prince rather than Flynn. Okay, I'd, ha- I'd knock. I'd have to knock Flynn down a few pegs from his ego, which Rapunzel does. But you know, yeah, she does, and and in a good way. In a good not, way, not a horrible. No, 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 no. I would say Flynn would be more like the type of guy. You know, he's like. Well, he paints himself to be some, you know, person who's selfish and wants everything for it. But he realizes, is this what he really wanted? You yeah. Know? Yeah. Okay. So so would Prince Philip be the one that you want this way? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, just yeah. some of them, they're like, they just seem like they're the, oh, I'm the Prince Charming. I'm just going to come and marry the first person. But, you know. Yeah. Well, 
least it's not Legolas. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know. I just I just find him he just doesn't seem like the like you know like Prince Eric where he's like oh I just see another lady that Oh Prince like, Eric suffers from that. Huge. He does, yeah. bless his heart. Although I when I was little I had a huge thing for Prince Eric. Oh, I'm I'm not surprised well, by this. I, I think almost everyone like all of my friends were like oh yeah Prince Eric. I literally right. had a girl in my class who like fell for every Disney prince the second that they came out. So it happened. Like, you know, she went to Eric then she went to You know what? Uh no, this was when we were at it, at a classes together. But it was like the beast was was there. See, he would be my. I'd... Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know, we were just up. Uh, you know, I was working that one day, and um, one of my um, CNA um, CNAs was coming to me and asking, you know, what was the name of the um, Prince Charming from Cinderella? I'm like, I don't think he really had Prince a Charming. name. Yeah. His name is yeah. Prince Charming. <laughs> She's like, well, does that mean that? That, that's charming that's true is, casting, is, right? Because Snow White, I think, and Cinderella both have Prince Charming and Cat as the cast name. Well, yeah. okay. So Snow White is technically just referred to as the Prince. The Prince, okay. Now there's this whole other, you know, theory, like some people say his name is Ferdinand from like, you know, different versions of the story or whatever. Yeah. But Dizzy has always referred to him as just prince. the Prince. And then Cinderella's is Prince Charming. Okay, all right. Well, yeah, because I was like, well, I can look it up, but I don't think they had a, a typical name for him. And yeah. sure enough, I'm like, it's just called Prince Charming. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so my favorite hero is um, I don't I don't usually go for for like the the big hulky guys that that every boy wants to be. You know, you want to be that big hulking guy with a barrel chest so you can impress people. Um, so it's like Superman was never my favorite character uh-huh. or anything like that. Um, but this actually was the one pick where I did. And the only reason I did was because it's Hercules. Okay. Um, I like people. I like proverbial underdogs that start from nothing and work their way into something. Even if they have to learn a lesson along the way, I don't have a problem with that. But, you know, I actually have gotten a lot of flack for liking Hercules later on, later on in my life. The main reason I do is because I do like the journey that he goes from being, well, the geek like he's the freak of the village if you look at it and then at that point rising up to being not just a hero but then eventually being a true hero um and making sacrifices that no one else really would so that's that's why in a lot of cases i i will always hold up hercules even though the animation style is a little weird i do like hercules as a character so we've gone over the heroes we've we've done the princesses in our previous one Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's only appropriate that we do the favorite Disney villain, because villains, we weren't able to hit this too much on the other podcast. And now we can actually say, like, who is the best of the best to you? Like, who fits your villain mold, your villain stereotype? And so for me, I always tend to want to to go for the subtle manipulator. I love those ones that have their own game and they're playing it. And it actually I couldn't not do this in a three way tie. Oh, come on. I couldn't. Because when you look at all of their games, they're all super subtle and they're all amazing. And my three-way tie is Jafar. Okay. Scar. Mm -hmm. And Judge Claude Frollo. Okay. Because the bottom line is, like, we talked a lot about Frollo last time. Yeah, we did. And there's a lot of really good character development for that character. Especially when you consider this was a Disney animated movie that was based on a really dark tale. And that's as dark as Disney's ever gone is Frollo, especially that hellfire scene. Like, oh. 
the funniest part is we actually uh, so we got a couple of YouTubers who actually admitted they were scared of Frollo because of that scene. Totally. Like they, they were literally scared of demons and hell. They they thought they, they were going to see their first ever Disney demon, Disney devil kind of thing from that scene. And that's how powerful that scene is. So that that's why in a lot of cases I wanted to take Frollo out because there's not a whole lot to Frollo in that movie. But you have to have him in there uh, just because of what they tried to do with him and how dark they tried to take it. Same thing with Scar. Scar went pretty dark, too. I mean, he I think he's the first official murder on screen. Not even Jafar got that credit. Not even Gaston got that credit. And technically, people were rooting for Gaston. So there are there are people who have admitted they were cheering for Gaston and not the Beast. Uh, okay. So, and, and technically, I will say with the live action one, I kind of was cheering for Gaston. But we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, so, Lizzie, your favorite Disney villain. No, and I mean, like I said on the first episode, Maleficent was the one who would literally give me nightmares yes. as a kid because she, I don't know, she straddles the world like she's almost human, yet she has this supernatural power. And oh, by the way, she's a dragon, too. Yeah. Like, well, she's anything she wants to be. Exactly. And that's what's so scary is like she was so powerful mm -hmm. and that power, you know, you can just see how she like lives. She like takes energy from that. And it's just like, I'm this all evil, nasty lady. See, in some cases, I would actually say that she's even more powerful as a villain than Jafar, because if you think about it, like Jafar, when he transformed, he just transformed into a snake. Yeah. He didn't think about going to a genie until it was brought up. Yeah. Maleficent, do you really think she didn't? She, did she have to have a dragon brought up to her? No, she no. just did that. She just did. But I will hand the one who still continues to scare me is Frollo. Frollo for me is too real is the problem I have. It's just like you see, I mean, so many people, I mean, you know, let's not get all deep in the world today. But in the world today, <laughs> you have these people who justify whatever action they do whether it be good or bad or nasty or whatever by some inner strife some inner goal or and then you even bring the religion aspect into it you know they have a justification for everything and it literally turns them nuts and you can see that with yeah. frollo he he is doing what he believes to be right Yep. You know, and I mean, frick, as soon as I figured out what Hellfire, you know, at first you kind of see the demons and the creepy and you're like, oh, this is scary. And then you realize what Hellfire is like really talking about. And you're like, OK, well, the ultimate downside of Frollo, downfall of Frollo is his religion. Exactly. Like that, still, that scene that that kills him is is frightening to kids. No, it's absolutely frightening. Like nobody thought you'd ever see like demonic. I mean, you got a lot of holy inference into Notre Dame in that film. Yes. That was the first demonic one you got because we can't necessarily put the fireplace as one of them because I believe that was in the magistrate's building. They actually confirmed it wasn't in Notre Dame. That that no, happened. it was in. But and then you have, you know, at the very end, the building literally comes alive with some sort of demonic spirit. And it's almost like Notre Dame decides to end him. And it's like. Notre Dame has judged him. Yes. Kind of and it's like, oh, my gosh. Which is funny because like what the movie starts with Notre Dame being a character and, mm -hmm. and they re infer it all throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. um, to, like if I had if I ever had like a strong second, it actually would be Hunchback. I love a lot of the themes there, especially in the fact of just how how many ways can you make uh, a building a non corporeal thing, a character 
And Notre Dame is one of those perfect examples of because, you know, we, we've talked a lot about Frollo's death. But another good moment is when he murders uh, Quasimodo's mother. Yeah. And the priest goes, you can never run from the eyes of Notre Dame. And then you just get all these eyes looking down on him. Ugh. And you, you get to see him kind of slowly start to quiver in fear. Um, that That's one of the things because. You're absolutely right. And actually, one of, one of the other references I made in the first one, and I'll still make to this day, is like the better element of why he's evil is because he's human. Yeah. Because he's just like any one of us. Um, the reference that I made was to Kefka Final Fantasy VI because people bring that up. And in Final Fantasy, like every villain is goes to being some kind of like god of chaos or whatever. Kefka stays human the entire time. <laughs> he stays a human with a god complex. And he becomes a human with godly powers, but he's still a really nasty guy. No, and that's the thing with Frollo, you know, a bunch of these other villains have some sort of supernatural power or some sort of, yeah. you know, magic or whatever. Frollo's just a dude. Mm-hmm. And that's terrifying. Frodo, Frodo could be your neighbor. Fro- Frollo could be your neighbor, and that's what's freaking, freaky about it. Uh, so there we go. We have Frollo. Uh, Andrew, did you give yours? Not yet. Yeah, there we go. So so we have Frollo, and we have my three-way tie, which brought up Frollo. Yeah. Uh, where, where are you standing? What is your favorite Disney villain? Um, I would just say um, Scar would be my most favorite, just because of how jealous he got of his brother becoming king and, you know, being the most popular and the best part about Scar 2 is that, I mean, you have to see the expanded lore for it, but there's after effects to him. Um, there's a faction of lions that agreed with how he was doing things. Oh, my gosh. Kind of thing. Mm. Or there, you know, there were hyenas that still supported how Scar did things and didn't and uh, how agree much, with the others. And how much um, Zira um, thought he was like the, this god, you know, and yeah. supported everything that he did, you know, and... So much so that she groomed her son to be Scar. So that, that, that I mean, that's that's how nasty Scar was. And Jeremy Irons, you just add that extra oomph. I, to I it. love him so much. It's so good. Again, go. Have you have you seen the movie Dungeons and Dragons yet? No. I, I need to get you that because it's it's Jeremy Irons hamming it up. Oh my god. And gosh. it was kind of interesting, you know, if anyone has not seen the Lie Guard, they kind of added a little bit of a backstory to yeah. how Scar, you know, becoming this um leader of this um Lion Guard pack and how he tried to abuse it to take down his brother in the first place, but yeah. you know. And, and and here's the here's one thing that'll shock a lot of people. I don't have a problem with that kind of a turn because at that point you're already just adding something to a character that's already delicious. You didn't need to know his motivations. Now you, now you do. do. And mm-hmm. now they make sense mm-hmm. kind of thing. All right. So we have, we have a lot of familiar villains, but the next one we need to do is we've talked about the best. It's only appropriate that we go into the worst. Oh no. Okay. What is in your mind? The worst Disney animated movie. <laughs> And why? And and the the description that I want to go into this is every time it's on, you are cringing nastily. You have to turn it off. But somebody or it's one of those situations like where your best friend loves this movie. And he's like, I don't understand why. <laughs> so, uh, Andrea, let's go ahead and start with you. What is the, to you? What is the worst Disney animated film? And why do you think that? Um, So far, out of all the ones that I've watched, you know, even its sequels. I think the hardest one to watch was probably Cinderella 2. Oh, okay. Because 
it just seems like there's like what two or three stories put together in one and it just didn't seem like I thought three was a little bit better than two for some odd reason but okay. you know I just think it's just like putting like little short stories to make it one big one but it's like uh, I just See, that, that formula just doesn't work with the with the straight to DVD ones. The other one that, that you're especially is the uh, the Atlantis one, because that was actually technically supposed to be three pilots at, to an Atlantis series. And it's like, oh, man, these they had such great ideas. And then they just decided to merge them all into one big movie. It just didn't work. Because I think there was one story in Cinderella where one of her one of Cinderella's stepsisters was trying to fall in love with this baker. And she, she was it's like, no. Oh my gosh, I don't know how I could have actually seen that one. I mean, it was a great way to try to do it, but it just seemed like it wasn't executed right for some reason. Yeah. Um, and by the way, another great hero, Milo Thatch. Milo Thatch is amazing. Um, and in fact, Kiva should be a Disney princess. I'm just, I'm pointing that out. She's freaking, she's a freaking god. That's, that's what she is. Um, so my worst Disney animated film, this this took a lot of a lot of effort for me, because in a lot of cases, I can't see a lot of fault in what they try to do. Like, even when they they screw up, I, I could see like there's some potential there. But. Pocahontas doesn't have a whole lot. Um, I still to this day, whenever it's on TV, I'm flipping the channel. I and it's it's. I'm not saying that the plot is bad or anything like that. I think it had a ton of potential. It's so boring <laughs> to sit through. I'm just like sitting here going, wow, I'd rather watch an educational film on the establishment of Jamestown than watch this. <laughs> and it's it's not a, like it's nothing against John Smith or Pocahontas. And it, for crying out loud, David Ogden Steer steals the show as as the villain. But just, the, the constant jerking from from Disney-esque aesthetics to trying to tell history it just doesn't work for me. It's so hard to watch. So that if I had to pick like an all time worst, this is one I avoid religiously. Lizzie, where, where are you at? No, I mean, you actually alluded to it. The one that I saw once and once was enough and I never I avoid it like the plague is the Atlanta sequel. It yeah. was awful. Like I was, I was literally watching this, and I was like, "How did this even happen?" Type thing. And the sad part about it is, like I said, it's it's a pilot. Yeah. So this was supposed to be a series that got scrapped and turned into a Tarzan series. No, it's just, I mean, because I loved Atlantis. I know it wasn't super popular when it came out. And there's this whole thing about when it released and blah 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 blah. blah. I loved Atlantis. I still do. I think it's very underrated. Um, and if I had to have like a, a close second of like best film, of all time, so good and just watching it was the same format to the Cinderella sequel where it was like a bunch of little stories kind of put together. And I was just I felt like they just kind of like destroyed the characters that I loved and defended to people who said Atlantis wasn't a good movie. And the sad reality is, is like because I no, actually, never mind. They didn't bring back Michael J. Fox, Michael J. Fox for it. Mm-mm. They brought back some of the other original cast but not members, Michael J. but Fox. not Michael. And I think they even got the agreement, like if they got the series, maybe Michael would come back for that. But it didn't get approved. And so I was like, uh, and again, because tar- I've seen the Tarzan series. Oh, God. And I was just like, 
Atlantis got turned down for this. this. And somebody actually did allude to me, like a lot of the writing staff for the Atlantis series would have been the people who have done probably one of my favorite Disney TV series to date. Gargoyles. So would have been would have been writing Atlantis. I miss Gargoyles so much. If for no other reason than you can claim you're a Star Trek fan and you didn't even realize it. Because <laughs> how many Next Generation cast members were in Gargoyles, man? It's it's actually amazing when you look at the cast list. Makes me want to watch it again. Oh, it's amazing. And we, we need it on DVD. We need it for we need it for Arya. And for the, the new little Gargoyles all the way. Yes. Um, so with that, we've gone into the best and the worst. Now we actually need to deviate because people actually did want us to talk about kind of the extensions that have gone into Disney as of late, because 2D animation isn't necessarily something that they do a lot of the time anymore. Even in some cases, I think the last one was probably Princess and the Frog, and it was digital. It was digital 2D animation. So it's not like pen and paper and all that stuff anymore. Um, but since we do have Disney Animation Studios making CG movies now, and we also still have Pixar, you know, as many times as we've actually heard the rumored merger of Pixar, which will never happen, people, because as soon as it does, then the CG budget goes down the toilet. Uh, which one do we prefer, Disney Animation Studios or Pixar? I don't like that question. Neither did I when I when okay. I when I uh, when I got brought up to him like that. That's like choosing which is your favorite son kind of thing, because here's the thing. Has Pixar had a dud? Yes. Disney Animation Studio has also had duds, but their gems are stuff that stay with you. And so that's what makes this so hard is like you just it's hard to pick between the two of them. Uh, if I had to do it, I the only reason I would do this was because Pixar has the longer record. They also have the longer record of crap, um, but I, I probably would go down the Pixar route just because they've been doing it for a while. Where, where are you standing with it, Lizzie? Oh my gosh, this is like tearing at my soul to like even like consider this question. And here's the thing. These questions were not just necessarily written by me. They were submitted by you guys. Yeah. So, Which so sick, twisted individual <laughs> sent this in? Um, oh gosh. Okay. 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 And uh, when Lizzie says that, she loves you. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I, this is hard. But she, she, would, she would just call it a draw for you. No, because I'm like trying to figure this out because I in my personal life of recently, people know I have not been the biggest fan of Pixar. I love the films. Yes. But the business side of things right now, I'm just kind of like Pixar is getting shoved everywhere into Disney parks and I'm just kind of over it. I'm like, why are we yeah. John Lasseter's lapdog type thing? Anyways, that's that's like one of my biggest beefs right now with uh, with Disneyland and the fact they want to take Frontierland and make it Star Wars land. Now, I'm just like, I, I've got a great idea. Um, you haven't done anything with Tomorrowland in forever. Make that Star Wars land instead of making Tomorrowland your default Pixar and any other sci fi themed movie land. So for that, for business reasons i will say disney animation studios all right is, is is i mean they're forever and always my true little beauty but you know all right andrea where where would you stand with this pixar or disney animated studios not that you're the tiebreaker but you're the tiebreaker <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a hard one but i don't know i i, I guess i'm more onto disney animated films okay. more just because 
I'm not saying that I hate most of the Pixar, no. but it just feels like I don't know. I'm just maybe I, so I like used having Pixar still separated because then at that point they can come up with some ideas that maybe Disney might be too restrictive to think of. And therefore, I, it, it's like Touchstone Pictures. Like as much as I, I knock Touchstone, Touchstone has a, a necessary element to, to Disney because it allows for them to go darker when they don't want to because they don't want to hurt the mouse brand kind of yep. thing. And the same thing goes for Pixar. Pixar can actually think, do some thought provoking things. I guess it's just mostly a nostalgic yeah. reason. Just because, you know, I grew up with Disney animated more than I have done with Pixar. You know, it just seems like. And you thought the question was bad now, Lizzie. Now the question gets worse. No. Now the one you've picked, your favorite one. You can't go into the other. Can't. You have to pick the one you picked. Okay. And this is why I did mine the way I did. It's because, A, Pixar does have, like, I have loves of Disney and Studio. And, and here's the thing. I'm going to be lenient. I'm going to say you can pick a, a favorite from your opposing one, too. Um, just because I know that the YouTuber that submitted this didn't want that. But again, this is like choosing between your children, guys. It really is. So yeah. are we talking about, like, maybe one from your CG? Are we like, what? Are CG movie. Okay. So. Just CG. Oh, okay. Because because if we're talking, we're talking Disney Animated Studios, it's the CG movies okay. kind of thing. Okay. Because uh, Disney Animated Studios is, you know, a lot of people associated that with the 2D yes. stuff. And that's not happening anymore. So my favorite Pixar film. I don't even have to think twice about it. The Incredibles. Nicely the Incredibles, done. But I will also put a close second to Ratatouille. And the reason I will is because Brad Bird is God, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to Pixar. I love the ideas that he's come up with. I'm so happy that he got brought in for Incredibles 2. Um, it, it's the weirdest thing. Like, I love Toy Story just as much as anybody else. But when you came up with the idea of The Incredibles and I got to see this happen on this, I didn't even get to see it on the screen. I had to wait till DVD to see it. It was like, this is an amazing idea. How come we never had this five years sooner in a 2D format? Because it, it would have worked amazingly for it. So I'm going to hand that over there. And my favorite Disney animated studios film. Oh, again, this comes down to a, a straight tie. And the only reason is because of the feels that come out of them. Big Hero 6 and Inside Out. And the, the only reason I have that is because, first of all, Big Hero 6 is to my knowledge the only movie that has ever tastefully taught kids how to handle grief like other other movies have tried to but they haven't hit the nail on the head this one did and it also made it in a way so that it was acceptable inside out does this exact same thing how to cope with loss how to deal with growing up and how to still be yourself while also changing kind of thing is it inside Oh, oh, Lizzie's thinking now. I was like, is that really what that did? That's 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 how I look at it. It's like because you did the the coping with loss of having to grow up because we lost. Uh, oh, I can't remember his name. Uh, Bing Bong. Because we lost Bing Bong in that film. Which one? In, in Inside Out. Oh, well, have you I, not seen it yet? I actually haven't seen it. I mean, oh, I'm, I'm letting you, you know what? You know what? Um, I know they put it in while we were working one day, but I never, you know paid attention to it because I was so busy yeah. with it. Because I love the fact that it's actually coping because the, the main character that they're all supposed to be in is I think it's like an 11 year old girl. So it's Riley. It, like she's yeah. right on Riley's right on the cusp of puberty 
And so you start seeing that transition in her head. And then as soon as the big realizations of the film happen, the transition goes full force kind of thing. And I, I always love that concept. But one of the, the darkest parts of that and one of the most beloved things to me is that because uh, you'll probably know what I'm talking about is the, the scene where Joy is rewinding the moment and all of a sudden realizing that sadness and happiness can actually coexist in one memory. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I have a feeling a correction's coming. Inside Out's Pixar. Oh, is it? Yeah. My bad. Sorry. Okay. I, I wanted so, to like correct you, but I was like, wait, no, I was like, I guess myself. I was like, wait, no, it really it's, is. It's so hard to. It to, is. Because that line has become so blurred to me. So at that point, OK, then, then with that being said, Big Hero 6. OK. And uh, unfortunately, Inside Out, you got kicked. You got kicked out because of Brad Bird. Uh, Brad Bird will forever own Pixar as far as I'm concerned. All right. So going into that, into this next Andrea. So your pick was Disney animated pictures. So I'm going to say, like, you got to do that one first, and then you can go into your favorite Pixar. Hmm. See, this is where it gets hard. Uh, let me actually kind of start pointing out a few. Okay. Frozen is Disney Animated Pictures. Um, I think Tangled is Disney Animated Pictures. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Tangled is. Um, Big Hero 6, obviously, is one of them. Uh, Coco, the most recent one, I think, is Disney. Oh, is that Pixar? Okay. Yes. See, the bl- the line is blurred. I know. Um, so you've got you've got Moana, is Moana's Disney animation. Zootopia is Disney animation. Um, yeah, Big Hero Six. I think we okay. I think that's about where we've caught up. As far as Wreck It Ralph is also Wreck It Ralph is Disney animation. So that that's See, I would have I probably would have almost guessed that Pixar it was I thought that was Pixar for some reason. See that's again the line is so blurred like it doesn't like with Brave being I always forget Brave is Pixar. I'm like yeah. oh it's Disney animation. Wait. Oh, uh, okay. And here's I, the thing. I remember the advertising campaign for Brave and I'm like yeah this is amazing. This is a this is going to be a great Pixar film. Didn't matter. Well, I would say Wreck It Ralph was one of my very favorites. Oh, Wreck It Ralph is so good. Isn't that for Disney. And it's Disney animated pictures. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, since I, I'm a gamer, you know, it was just nice to see all the little, you know. <laughs> I was amazed they got Sonic on screen. I know. Really they was. they picked out, you know, a lot of those. And I just love the story of a villain from a from a game basically wants to be the good guy for once. Lizzie, please tell me you went with a gamer when you saw Wreck-It Ralph. I'm about to blow your mind. Okay. All right. All right. I have never seen Wreck-It Ralph. Oh my gosh! That is the one out of everything that we talk about. I have never seen Wreck-It Ralph. Oh my gosh. I know. And the, but my problem is I'm super excited for the sequel already because like the stuff that they've been showing. Yes. But I'm like, but I have to watch the first one. Just I think it came out because when? Okay, hold up. It was November. So it was like a, it was a holiday release film. So it was. Okay. So, okay. Hold up. November 2nd. 2012 so that would have been my senior year of high school yeah so that's why i was probably busy yeah i mean like what am i not busy but i was that would have been right during um a show i was in and when i'm in a show i can't do live but yes so out of all the movies we've talked about wrecker ralph is something i have not seen dude this this just makes me want to do like a movie night and we bring lizzie over and just show her wrecker ralph because because here's the thing 
I, I honestly believe like you need to watch Wreck It Ralph with a gamer. I think so too. References because I feel like. I mean, everyone loves Wreck-It Ralph for what it is, but I feel like the gamers, they see so much more of it. So I almost need to sit with someone and be like, okay, explain this to me and explain this to me. Explain this to me. And the cool part is, is like following the Wreck-It Ralph. I actually will admit, I haven't followed the Wreck-It Ralph 2 ones just because I want to be surprised. I'm so excited. But with Wreck-It Ralph 1, I followed every license that they got access to. And I'm just like, holy crap, they got Sega? They got Street Fighter? Holy crap, they got freaking... Batman! And I was like freaking out every single time. Um, they actually were this close to getting because Mario gets referenced in the movie, but he's not in it. And it's simply because they had they couldn't get I think they were in that last little bit of negotiation with Nintendo, and then Nintendo said, Nah, not so much. Are we surprised though? Not no. Really. No, we're not. I love Nintendo, but they are they are beloved tyrannical dic- dictators. Uh so at that point, I mean maybe maybe with the success of record ralph we'll, we'll see them come back anyway we, we've completely di- diverted from <laughs> so uh record ralph was your disney animated one favorite pixar one probably incredibles yeah yeah see this is why i married you <laughs> this, is, this is exactly why i married you Aww. uh lizzie your fa- so you started again with disney animated pictures yes so for disney animated i get, as far as you know the latest we're not talking about cells we're not talking about any of that i gotta go with tangled it is a gorgeous film. I don't care who you are. I don't care what stage of life you're in. If you don't get the feels when she sees the lanterns for the first time in that whole, be- it's so beautifully animated and the music and the, the- Tangled is my favorite. And I'll admit that. I mean, there, there's Tangled isn't a movie made for me. Yeah, it, it is not made for me, but there's still a lot of good moments in between yeah. all of that. Uh, and so at, th- at that point, like when because my, my little nieces love to make Tangled references yeah. and, and love to, to point out to me that even a frying pan could beat a lightsaber. And there's just and I'm okay with it. There's so many good moments in the film from even just like, there's so many good characters from the villains to the good guys to the sidekicks. It's just an over, it's such a strong film that I can't not just be like, I love Tangled. Exactly. And, and I'm not usually a person that, that goes for like the Disney princess character right off the bat. I have to see it a few times before because I'll, I'll admit this openly. I didn't like Ariel the first time I saw her because I was 10 years old and cooties. I didn't like Jasmine for the same reasons. Uh, I had a lot of those problems. But then after the, like the second or third viewing, that's when I'm like, wow, this is actually a really cool character. The same thing happened to me with uh, with Rapunzel. Because as soon as I saw that Mandy Moore was cast, I'm like, oh, look, it's the obligatory teen idol that got cast in the Disney princess. Who would have saw that coming? <laughs> and and I'll admit I gravitated towards Flynn because of that. I'm just like, screw you, Mandy Moore. And I, I like Flynn more. And then after about a couple of viewings, I'm like, wow, Mandy actually pulled it off. She actually did a really good she job. She did a great job. So, uh, sorry, Mandy. I just, I, I had like, to listen. I had to Mandy Moore. Golly. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, like, um, I don't know how many people told me to watch or walk to remember. The only reason I wouldn't watch it was because <laughs> is Mandy Moore in it? Screw that. You got to remember, I my sister is, is a vocals teacher, and so I got to listen to Mandy Moore songs pretty much on repeat. <sighs> so good. This is also why I have a hatred towards things like NSYNC and, and all that is because, well, not only that, but NSYNC got me in the doghouse one night. So, <laughs> because my sister had to go and work with them uh, for their concert that night, I got in trouble with my girlfriend. 
because I had to do some babysitting or whatever. <laughs> trouble. Not not her. But, not uh, me. Some other. No, not her, because I wouldn't have to worry about you. Uh, so there we go. Pixar. So we've done the favorites of those. Do I get to say my favorite Pixar? Oh, my bad. Sorry. Your your favorite Pixar. I mean, I'm just gonna, Incredibles. It's just so like it's what it is. It's just incredible. Like I have, I don't know how it happened, but I realized one day that I had the entire movie memorized, and I didn't even mean to, and I still do, and it's kind of creepy. But I will also give a strong, strong shout out to Coco. I was not not seen it yet. Okay, Coco. I was not expecting much. I was Mm. like, it's a book of life all over again. What the frick are we doing? You know, like yeah. All these different things, and I went and saw it with a, with a bunch of coworkers, and we were all sitting in the theater, and it was so good. None of us were expecting it to be that good, and I remember, you know, because Coco gives you serious feels, so all of us are trying like not to cry, and we're like trying to see if the other person's crying, and then as as soon as we heard one sniffle, everyone was just like, <laughs> like, and so I love Coco. I think it's a beautifully made film. I think, I mean, because I don't connect with that culture well at all. But that movie explained the culture of the Day of the Dead and these certain traditions. And I absolutely loved it. I have people who really relate to that culture who said they got it right on the nose. So it sounds to me like Coco for you was what Grim Fandango was to me. Now that I've played it. Sounds about right. All right. right. (laughs) So I love Coco. Go see Coco. All right. right, right. Go see Coco. I I still actually need to make up for a lot of them because I still haven't seen Moana yet. Uh, and I, I do a so so lizzie i do a pro wrestling podcast people actually got mad at me like you didn't see the one disney animated movie with a wrestler in it like oh yeah dwayne johnson is in it isn't he yeah you suck and then they and then they got mad at me again for ferdinand because john cena it was like sorry no, guys go see moana the work they did on the water alone in that movie. The movie could be about the water and I'd be a happy camper. It's like the water has physics. It's so cool. It's so great. And it has your personality. Oh, great. I love water with personality. Exactly. Andrea's just looking at us going, oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the, this actually goes into another uh, kind of hard question. This gets brought up, I don't know how many times on the Geek News podcast. Would you like to see a return to more 2D animation from Disney, or are you happy with them sticking with 3D and just a little bit of an explanation why you think that? For me, I honestly think you ought to go where inspiration takes you. And so at that point, if it means that you have to go back to the arduous, because here's the thing, 2D animation is not the easiest thing to do these days. I mean... You know, we made this reference a number of times, but, you know, you think video video game programmers and developers have rough hours. We all think we have rough hours. Go to Japan and see how animators for anime are treated these days. OK, we're, we're talking guys who literally never go home. All right. So at that point, going to 2D is subjecting animators to doing this again. And I'm not cool with that. But if that's how the story needs to be told then is it worth the sacrifice? I think even the animators, the animators would look you in the eye and go, yeah, it's worth it. We, we need to do it this way. Um, and, you know, at that point, we'll make some sacrifices. We'll go digital. So it's not too hard to get this thing out. But th- that's really my only step in with it is if it makes sense in 2D animation, do it. If it doesn't, then go to 3D. Go, go with what makes the story work. Uh, Lizzie, let's go with you. Like, wh- where, where do you stand on this one? I... I mean, I have a pretty similar view to you. I think 
what will best serve the story and what will best communicate the story is probably the way you should go. Do I get nostalgic for 2D? And yes, like I do miss it. Like I'll be straight up honest. I miss it a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, when everything's coming out with computer and 3D and all these different and 4D and all these different things, you know, I do get I do miss the 2D. And I think sometimes stories can be even told simpler yeah. and work more with 2D. Um, but like you said, it's a work thing. I mean, ink and paint is a very much a dying art, really which is. scares me. You know, what happens when no one knows how to do that? And then we're forced into computer and 3D. Yeah, I, I mean, as much as I love the digital uh, like digital art that's being done now, mm -hmm. and, and anime is actually starting to move over to that, and I'm, I'm happy for them because I want to see these guys go home. I know, it's like, uh, get wanna, some sleep. <laughs> go, you, know, you know that apartment you bought that you never use? I want you to go back to it kind of thing. Um, so I, I do like that digital art is becoming a thing because then at that point, you could still make things look as classic as they used to, but now you can make them look even better and, and in other colors kind mm -hmm. of thing. I, I do like that, that prospect of it. But again, it's, it really is where the story is going to take you. I'm pretty sure that if they did princess and the frog in 3d, it would have been fine, but I'm glad that they went with 2d because I think it just added that additional flavor to it. I agree. Um, Andrea, where would you stand with this 2d or 3d? It's pretty much like what you guys both said, you know, it depends on how well the show works out, depending mm -hmm. on 2D versus 3D, but it would be nice to see that, you know, doing some more, you know, going back and doing some more 2D because, you know, it's just like um, gaming, you know, how a lot of things nowadays are becoming more 3D, but you kind of like... I kind of miss what it was like playing 2D games, you yeah. know, but it just all depends on how well when you actually see it in its final cut is what's going to end up being. And that's what matters because mm -hmm. the final cut, like everything building up to the final cut has to has to aid it. And if you if you do 3D just simply because Disney mandates it. Uh, it, may... it, it, can, it can either. I mean, it can help it like Disney could be right in the end. Uh, or it could hurt it greatly. And that's really my only my only problem with it. And thankfully, Disney is not one of the companies that doesn't get this. Like they they actually do fuel the creators a lot more than an average everyday college class would let you think they do kind of thing. I, I, I get it. Disney is like the the tyrannical dictators of copyright and, and all that. And you know what? I'm, I'm not necessarily against them in this in this regard. They want to protect their properties. They want to be able to have that. Uh, to be able to rely on but at the same time you know look at the companies that have now been brought into the umbrella and how much they've been able to branch out because of it uh for as much as we we give them crap over all this stuff well there's only one cinematic universe that's been successful so far and that's marvel so that that's something that definitely needs, needs to be brought up and now we're down to the last question and this one is also going to be Hard in the fact that I think they that the person who intended this wanted some cruel confessions to be happening. Oh, boy. Okay. So a lot of the Disney animated films that we brought up have had kind of a musical vibe to them. What is your favorite Disney animated movie song? And by that, like whenever you're feeling down, this is the one that uplifts you. This is the one that you have to go as a default, like makes you feel good, makes you ready to face the day 
kind of thing. That's that's why I'm saying it was hard, Lizzie. Are you now regretting doing this? I'm like shrinking over here. <laughs> so, okay. As far, like, are we going all the way back to like Snow White? Like what, what whatever, we, okay. whatever works for you. Um, for me, I honestly couldn't do, I, I tried really hard not to do anything less than a tie, but I had to do it. And it's simply because I, I always by default go to these songs um, when I'm listening to other stuff. And these are hard confessions. These are really hard. There's going to be such corniness here. I'm excited. Go the distance from Michael Bolton. I I love one of the main reasons I love Hercules is go the distance. Um, and I still to this day, like when I'm having a really hard day from recording or whatever, I will put on go the distance just to make myself feel that much better. Another one is I'm going to be jumping on the Phil Collins train. Son of Man from yes. Tarzan. I still to this day will sing that song and, and be inspired by it. it. To me, it's the equivalent of I brought Transformers up here and there, but the Son of Man is the Disney equivalent of Stan Bush's The Touch, which you've which you've heard. Oh, my God. So <sighs> that's that's how powerful <sighs> it is to me. And I also have to acknowledge this. And man, I'm going to get such words on this one. As much as I've made fun of Let It Go. No. I actually do have it in my iTunes music. Because as corny as it is. I like that song. As corny as it is, there's actually really good themes to it of being independent and and being able to rise above constraints that. I mean, yeah, it's overplayed by every stretch of the imagination, people. I still like the lyrics in it. And therefore, I, I will dig out Let It Go from time to time. So now now that I've lost respect points with Lizzie, L- Lizzie needs to fix this now. <laughs> uh, it's fine. It's whatever. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm just struggling because I'm doing the same thing. I'm like, oh, ties are stupid. But I'm like, I can't not have ties. So, okay, yeah. here we go. And that's why I um, allow them. Because in some cases, you can't really, you, you can't move move with them or without them. Um, so one that has always stuck with me from i mean when i was first getting into animation was um once upon a dream from sleeping beauty um i i don't know i've just loved that song ever since like i remember seeing it as like a little girl um and you know being the little romantic sap that i am you know like dreaming of your prince charming or whatever yeah okay i'm that person but i mean it was just something that always touched me, you know, you know, and I, we've talked about this, the idea of yeah. dreams and magic and all that stuff. Um, another one also kind of similar. All of mine are mushy. OK, um, but, but considering like you, we've also talked about me being a hopeless romantic. Yeah. Harry and Hermione forever, baby. Uh, <laughs> that, that, I mean, that that's the other thing, too, is like I to this day, like her and me will watch a series. And I'm like, I really hope they get together because that would be awesome. And they didn't get get together and I'll shed a little tear. No, I'm the biggest romantic sap. So I also love um, something there from Beauty and the Beast. Because I know people think of other songs before they think of that. But I love that, you know, where where they're starting to be like, oh, maybe they're, you know, things are changing and that's okay. And you get all these amazing voices because literally everyone sings that song and it's great. Um, I think it's the only one the Beast gets. uh Uh-huh. In the the original animated, that's when you only hear him sing. And then I also love... um, 
I see the light from Tangled. All right, all right. Always. I'm like, yes, like I feel good. Everything's going to be okay. Um, yeah, so I say those are some of my top ones. But if I'm in like a really funky mood, I'll do like the opening sequence from Hercules and dance my way around the room. <sighs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the gospel truth. Yeah, yeah I, I like that one too. Uh, I'll admit, one of the things that really keeps Hercules going for me is the muses. I love them. Um, it, it, you wouldn't think that would work, but it, it's such a it weird... Con- it's a weird combination that mm-hmm. it does work in the end. Mm-hmm. All right, so Andrea, the, the go-to Disney song you'll do mm. when you're feeling down. Now, I'll admit, as a kid, it'd probably be like Friend Like Me, because oh, yeah, I, yeah. I love that song. Oh, so good. But now as an adult, you like you need that inspiration. Well, it depends if you know if you feel like you just wanna like a one of those love songs. You know, I would think it's a tie between either "Kiss the Girl" from Oh Cute, yeah, from Little Mermaid, or "Tale as Old as Time." (laughs) But if I want to be more like, you know, something more. Uh, devious or something would probably be Zira's Lullaby from Oh uh, wow I really cool. love that song and, and just because you brought up villains Hellfire <laughs> Oh so good So good If you ever, I can never remember this actor's name to the, off the top of my head but I mean this guy has played Cthulian horrors and he just makes them sound so delicious like if you love if you just want to hear a, a villain song you know more would be either be that or be prepared from oh good one yeah but also because jeremy irons knows <laughs> because jeremy irons <laughs> because jeremy irons knows how to pull off hitler with style <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> all right and that's actually going to go ahead and do it for this episode of disney animated films we hope you guys have enjoyed and stay tuned next month as we tackle the live action side of Disney. And this one, people have been waiting because of discussions from the last episode. So we'll see you guys next time. Thank you guys so much for watching. If you guys want to continue to follow the podcast, please support us at the Podomatic feed, which would be whywegeek.podomatic.com. And you can also follow Why We Geek on Twitter at whywegeek. And you can be able to make suggestions of stuff you would like us to talk about. We've actually gotten tons of suggestions already for 2018. I have a feeling that 2018 will be the anime year. Uh, A lot of anime suggestions have been brought up, but we're also going to stick to things like games and whatnot. And, of course, that's actually going to go ahead and do it for us. Uh, Lizzie, do you have a Twitter or anything like that you'd like to plug for people to reach out to you? Yeah, I mean, I'm on everything, basically. I have a Twitter, I have an Instagram, Facebook. It's all just my name, Lizzie Mickelson. All right. And, uh, Andrea, do you you have a Twitter or a Facebook you want to... Facebook is just Andrea Andrea Mickelson. Mickelson, Well, Andrea Short Mickelson, but, you know... So, uh, and for me, you can go to at Drac2326 on uh, Twitter. And then I actually do have a Facebook page for the for YouTube, which is DracLP. And you guys can check out all the latest uh, Let's Plays that we're doing, latest reviews that are happening, because we're actually getting into January 2018, which means I've got to review 2017 and how well it did in gaming. So you guys are going to look forward to the worst and best games of 2017. And I have things to say about all of them. But that's going to go ahead and do it for us. Thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you guys so much for continuing to show your support. And you can check us out on iTunes and 
Google Play Music right now for Amazon or for Android users. Sorry, not Amazon users, Android users. And of course, we'll be back for the next episode of Why We Geek.